Welcome to the Bliss Angle. Welcome to the Bliss Angle. I am Alex Pavlov, joined today by Sarah Yusufi. Uh, we're both students here at the Bliss Institute. I'm a master's student studying applied politics, and Sarah is an undergraduate. To give you a little bit more background, I'm heavily involved with the college Republicans here on campus, and Sarah is the president, right? President, right. President of the College Democrats. How are you today, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. So we're going to do a state of the race analysis. We're going to look at what's going on in this incredibly interesting presidential race um, and just kind of see see where we're at and uh, what it looks like going forward to November. Um, so to, to kick things off here, Sarah, what what's kind of your analysis? What's what's your view from the Democratic side? What's going on over there? So what I've seen, um, I was I actually had a table at this RU event that we had this weekend, and I saw a lot of young kids like proudly um, waving around these Trump Pence signs. And I went to actually Trump was just at the University of Akron, and um, I was there to protest. And he has a lot of support. I feel like everybody's like Hillary has this in the bag. You know, she's gonna win. But people don't realize how much support he has from people and how much how many closet Trump supporters there are. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, you know, there there's probably some sort of phenomenon at play. I hesitate to call it a Bradley effect, but there there are people out there that even even when called by pollsters are are probably hesitant to say, well, yeah, I am supporting Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, you know, that having been said. I, I live and die by the polls. That's that's what I do. And and right now, it it doesn't look good for him based on the polling data and and how the electoral college functions. But we're we're seeing some movement there. We're seeing especially in the national polls where they call you know people throughout the country and they ask how do you feel about this. We're seeing him kind of close the gap a little bit on Hillary Clinton. Um, do do you think she still has this in the bag? Um. I think she does because she's winning. She's right now. She's polling higher than him in states that are typically red, uh, which is just weird. It, I mean, if she does as well as Obama did in 08, like then she. I mean, she's golden. She doesn't even. I saw one of them that said she doesn't even need to win Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Florida because she's winning North Carolina. Um, what was the other one that she was winning? I mean, if if Georgia goes, this is this is over. Georgia, yeah. yeah if if Georgia goes, then then Ohio. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say this, but Ohio doesn't matter as much. Ohio very important politically, though. Very important. Very yes, important. we're the center of the world. Absolutely. During the, during the election, yep. we'll do it all year round, but we'll just we'll just say for the election right now. But um, also, wasn't it Missouri mm-hmm. where they were like neck and neck, which is a red mm-hmm. like these are red, constantly red states, and Hillary Clinton is she has a chance to win. States that are typically always red. I, I will add an amendum there that, that Missouri, though viewed typically as a Republican state recently, has been traditionally in the past a swing state. So oh, has it? okay. it's it's not completely out of the realm of possibility for Missouri to be in play. But it, when when Missouri really was in play, um, you know, this is a time when West Virginia was in play and and Kentucky, as Karl Rove said uh, when he was talking to. Uh, uh, some of the Bliss students and faculty last summer was in play. Kentucky certainly not as much in play anymore. All other things equal. Um, 
so it'll it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, what kind of what kind of down ballot effect are you feeling over on the Democratic side? So uh, we know we can't win the House. Uh, you guys have gerrymandered our districts. I, to- <laughs> I did not draw those districts. <laughs> To unbelievable levels, so we will not get that back unle- until the uh, till twenty twenty two, but so you guys you guys get that one for a couple more years, but the Senate races. So we I feel like we have Wisconsin. Um, Russ Feingold, yeah, uh, Russ Feingold, uh, very strong name recognition. Former senator running against Ron Johnson, the incumbent. Yeah, and he's uh, currently beating Ron Johnson. Um, in Illinois, we have. Um, Mark Kirk, the incumbent incumbent Republican, 2010 yeah, wave, uh, the, running the against Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth. She's currently polling higher than him. Um, and that one, though, like, that's one that that should be a lock. That should be a slam dunk. Here's, for Mark Kirk? For, for Tammy. For Tammy Duckworth. For Tammy. Um, for Congresswoman Duckworth. Um, <laughs> that, that um, you know, here's, here's somebody elected in the midterms in Illinois. You know, it's a state that's traditionally Democratic and, you know, turnout in Chicago wins. In Illinois elections, that's what wins, and in presidential years, that turnout's very high. Um, but I think I think Kirk is putting up a very good fight. I think he's putting up a good fight, also, but I don't think uh, enough to win. I think mm-hmm. I think we I think we'll get that one back. Um, he's made um you know he's he's distanced himself from Trump. He's he's made it a priority. I think um, just just kind of based on what I've seen from here in Ohio yeah. to to separate himself. Yeah, and see the thing is, is a lot of the a lot of the senators that have distanced themselves from Trump have been doing well. But Rob Portman in Ohio, I mean, I mean, Rob Portman in Ohio, he's doing so well. Like, that's just one that we, what's, what's, what, what is he at right now? Uh, How much it, higher? It, it depends on the poll, but, but we've had in the past two weeks polls that say he's eight points up, nine points up, 15 points up. I heard on the radio 15 points. Yep. RCP has the average right now at seven and a half up on Ted Strickland. Um, and, and having watched, as a Republican involved in Ohio politics, having watched the Portman campaign, it is amazing. Yeah, you guys, you guys have, you guys have gotten three million voter contacts. Yep. Like, that's more. It was, more it was three million a couple months ago. I, we're probably near three, five right now. Wow. Um, they're, they're going really hard. The, the micro-targeting, they had a, a, a fantastic presentation, uh, during the RNC, open to everybody, um, talking about the micro-targeting they're doing. They have a voter universe crafted for voters in the Toledo area that are concerned about Lake Erie algae blooms, which has been a big policy priority for Rob Portman. So naturally, they want to tell people about this policy that he's he's advocated for. Um, and they have they have these voters modeled, and they're targeting them. So when when the volunteers go out into the field, yeah. they go with two pieces of literature, they two sets of literature. Um, they've got the the regular here's Rob Portman, here's who he is, let us know if you want to get involved, peace. And then they've got the the Lake Erie. You know, here's what Rob Portman has done for Lake Erie algal blooms, very specific policy. Wow. And they know when they go to the door, depending on who answers, what piece of literature to give them. They know if, if somebody is one of those modeled voters that cares about Lake Erie algal blooms or if they're just one of the other voters that has other issue priorities and they're doing this throughout every region in ohio here in northeast ohio they have modeled people uh, modeled voters modeled voter universe uh for people that are concerned with the heroin epidemic okay. uh, another policy priority for senator portman with the care act um and it is it is just fascinating to watch yeah um it's it's all grassroots um it's a total just rebirth of grassroots politics and i think you know 
clearly campaigns matter. We've got political science that says that. Uh, I, could, I could do an hour podcast on all yeah. of the political science of campaigning. But, but the, the Portman campaign is deploying it um, in a way that I've, I've never seen before. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with, with how he's doing. And um, I just read on the Columbus Dis- Dispatch this morning that he's actually against the TPP. You know, I'm I'm not sure um, what his specific policy positions are. I mean, here's somebody that came out of the trade office, was the United States trade representative. So he knows the intricacies of that trade policy probably better than darn near anybody else in the United States Congress. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm not sure what his specific policy is, um, or or what pieces of that he has he takes issue with. But I, I promise you, you know whatever it is, it is a very detailed and very comprehensive policy position because that's that's another thing. I mean that's that's who Rob Portman is is he just dedicates himself um, to to public service and knows has a working knowledge of of a number of different policy areas that is uh, phenomenal. Enough enough of me fanboying over Rob Portman. <laughs> Um, no, I think honestly, I think though how Republican Party was very strategic in you guys, you guys ha- are safe. The ha- like with the House, you guys are safe. So you guys put all of your effort into the Senate, and he has his army of interns. You guys are going out there like door knocking every weekend, phone banking. Like you guys are just, you know, he has a great team around him. He's surrounded by a really strong, good team. So. Um, Ohio, I don't know how we'll do. I ho- I mean, I like we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how many people split their tickets uh, one way or another. You know, will, will we see people strategically not voting for Hillary Clinton and just leaving that one blank because they don't like Donald Trump and then voting for Rob Portman? I think some of that's going to happen. I think we're going to have Clinton-Portman voters. I think we're going to have... Um, Trump, really, you think? I do, I do. Yeah, okay. I think we're gonna have Trump, uh, Trump, Strickland voters to a lesser extent, primarily in Southeast Ohio, his old congressional district. But this morning, um, uh, uh, Rob Portman's actually making gains in Southeast Ohio. Oh yeah, yeah. He's going no, to targeting. I, yep. And he's got he's got the endorsement from the United Mine Workers. I, I don't think Ted Strickland is as popular in his old congressional district as he was in 2010 when he largely carried that area. I think he's, he's fallen out of favor there. Now, when I say there are people that are going to vote for Trump and Strickland, I think that is going to be the smallest group out of all of those groups. I think it's it's a, a very small group of people that will split their ticket in that fashion. Okay, so yeah. that was Ohio. But yep. then um, I think Maggie H- uh, Hassan mm-hmm. in um, New Hassan. Hampshire. Oh, Hassan, sorry. Hassan. No, it's <laughs> sorry. okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it in like an Arabic way. Wait, how do you I, say it? Uh, Hassan. Maggie Hassan. Governor Maggie Hassan okay. of New Hampshire, absolutely. Running against Kelly Ayotte. Yeah. Yep. Uh, senator, incumbent senator from New Hampshire, former attorney general. Yeah, I feel uh, like we're, we're, we we got this one with Maggie. Um. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not ready to count out Senator Ayotte yet. She is, she's a tough cookie. Uh, Toomey in Pennsylvania, I don't, I don't see him winning. Marco Rubio in Florida, he has a good chance. Um, I think too many, I think too many, we've got a shot. Yeah, today's the primary. Rubio should run away with the primary. Yeah, Florida primary. Yeah. Oh, lot of, lot of stuff going on down there today. A lot of stuff. Okay, so let's let's start at the Senate and work our way down. So we've got Patrick Murphy, Congressman. Oh shoot, what district is he from? I don't know. The Miami area, I think, um, running against Alan, Alan Grayson. Grayson, who. You know, is is like Bernie Sanders, progressive in his views, and just a champion of small money donations. 
but but a very volatile person um, who has been plagued by kind of personal scandal, allegations of domestic assault, uh, allegations of, of running a hedge fund while he was in Congress. Oh, he has that in common with uh, uh, Trump's campaign manager. Well, tr- but he, but <laughs> Trump's campaign manager, not 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 an elected official. Okay. We we actually should get back to that. We'll get back to that in a second. Okay. The Trump the Trump <laughs> campaign shakeup. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. I I, I suspect Murphy wins. Um, I, I just kind of based on the summer that Grayson had, you know, pushing a Politico reporter. Yeah. Um, but but Murphy is not uh, free free from uh, allegations. Uh, there are reports that he exaggerated his resume, exaggerated his business career. Um, you know, comes from a very wealthy family. Uh, was involved with a lot of housing development in Florida, including projects with the Trump family. Um, you know, it, it will be interesting to see how how Florida Democratic voters process that as as a progressive in ohio how how do you look at that race so i of course favored uh alan grayson um prior to all of his personal scandals coming out um i'm not a fan of patrick murphy i'm a lefty but and we should note patrick murphy was a republican yeah yep okay so yeah i'm i mean but if he wins i'll I want him to beat Rubio, so... Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Rubio doesn't even want to be in the Senate. He complained the entire time he was running for president about the Senate, and now he wants to go back, so... He he had a, a very... What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, so um, I, I, I take Senator Rubio at his word when, when he says that he had um, put a lot of thought into it personally previously after running for president said... He's not seeking re-election for the United States Senate. Um, he wants to be a private citizen. Private citizen, but but in the wake of the Orlando shootings, um, you know, had a, had a very intense and, and personal discussion with his good friend. Um, see if I can get this right, Carlos Lopez Cantera, um, who's the current Attorney General uh, in Florida, and was or no, was, yeah, I think he's AG, um, but but was running for Senate in a, in a very crowded Florida Republican primary. And um, Carlos Lopez Cantera recruited Rubio to run. They were purportedly um, sitting in a pickup truck together, uh, kind of the day after the Orlando shooting. And uh, he said to Senator Rubio, look, we really need you here. We need you in public service. Um, you know, now's the time. Get in the race. And this is, this is somebody that is in that primary and, and was looking pretty good. Yeah. So is he changing his stance on the L- on his LGBT stances? I, I don't know specifically. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Um, but but I think you know I don't think this is this is politicking. I think this is a public servant Genuinely saying caring. yeah yeah okay yeah. Um, so I, I think that's that's his motivation here. Yeah. Um, obviously you know on the political side, very strong name recognition, the ability to fundraise nationally. Young guy, bright political future if he wants it. Uh, we also have Debbie Wasserman Schultz right. and Tim Canova in yeah. Florida. So that's, how's that going to go? Uh, I just interesting I re- summer for for DWS. Right. In- yeah. Interesting to say the least. Um, I of course favorite Tim Canova, um, but Debbie Wasserman Schultz. That's a small Jewish. It's really really Jewish populated, and even though. Tim Canova has a really strong stance for Israel. Mm-hmm. I think he even is against the Iran deal. If I'm interesting, I, yeah. So it's, but I don't know if he'll win it. Um, so foreign policy is is a major factor in in that district. That's oh a, yeah, yeah. It's, interesting, yeah. interesting. And then that's primarily around Tallahassee. 
correct? It's no. By the, it's in Miami. It's Miami. Yeah, okay, Miami. it's Miami area. Okay, yeah, okay, Miami cool, area. cool. Um, but I hope he wins. I don't know if he will, but I would, of course, love a Bernie Kratt to be in. It's, it's an interesting microcosm of uh, the Democratic presidential primary, um, you know, three months removed. Yeah. You know, here, here we are a month after the convention, three, essentially three months after the Democratic nomination process is wrapped up, and, and here we're, we're almost in the, in the first major stand post, post-convention of, of the Bernie Kratz yeah. versus the establishment Democrats. I mean, the very strong ties between DWS and uh, Clinton land, uh, yeah. being a former chair of the DNC. You had all that DNC stuff that, that broke during the convention. Um, it's it's pretty wild. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that works. Have you seen any data on that? Have you seen any polls on that? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. But I've been reading a lot of lefty Twitter and <laughs> so that's socialist that's... Twitter. Good. Good. Yep. <laughs> it's not socialist Twitter, Alex. <laughs> um, but yeah. So they were saying that they don't think that Tim Canova will win. I hope he does. Mm-hmm. But now has has the Sanders fundraising operation. Um, let loose for Canova. You know what? He's brought in a lot of money. Interesting. Like he's exceeded expectations. I don't know how much he's brought in exa- uh, exactly, but he's brought in a lot. Okay. And, yeah. and is this primarily, um, you know, Sanders style, small do- small, small money do- donors? Yep. Yep. Small ideologically money donors. motivated. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Fascinating. Fascinating oh, yeah. stuff. Are you guys gonna try to steal that one also? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what capacity you're talking about. I'm sure that whoever drew those lines. No, but you know crazy. what? Honestly, Newt Gingrich, when he was here for the Republican National mm-hmm. Convention, he was like, "What Rob Portman is doing is unprecedented. Like, yeah. this is great. Like, I want to take this and I want to move it across the country because what he's doing is really actually great. Like, bringing in all of you, like all those young people there supporting him and those young people out there working for him. We're like, doing a great job. Yeah. He has, he has a good team. Yep, he has yep. a really He's solid a good team. team. And I'm, I'm happy to rattle off all of the political science studies. <laughs> we know you are. Gerber and Green, 2000. Um, yeah, so so it's, it's primary day, also in Arizona. Arizona, um, yeah. Yep, and Arizona has has a contested Republican primary, um, which we should probably touch on as well. Uh, Senator John McCain uh, running for re-election. For his sixth term as a senator the as a united a states senator <laughs> walking living legend 100 percent name id um running against chemtrail kelly dr kelly ward when we say doctor she's a oh shoot is she an osteopathic doctor I, i'm not sure exactly um not to demean osteopathic doctors by all means practice whatever medicine you want um but uh, I call her Chemtrail Kelly because as a state senator in, in Arizona, where she's currently a state senator, she, she brought together a forum of uh, chemtrail truthers. Oh, goodness. People, people believing that the government is controlling their actions based on the chemtrails we see coming out of airplanes. Uh, she put them all in a room with somebody from the Arizona EPA. The entire thing is on youtube it's who like came a up with this hours. stuff was it alex jones i i, I think it, i think it predates him um but okay. but sir i i wouldn't be surprised if there's some overlap <laughs> um I, and and she is you know she's a very conservative person she's she's running on on that conservative ideological platform um i want to say paul singer somebody has has given her super pack a bunch of money um and and that's you know that that realm, that ideological realm, is not without um, you know that that kind of conspiratorial um, viewpoint. You know that that the government is trying to control us with airplanes, and 
you know, they're going to put microchips in us and whatnot. I will categorically say that I do not support putting microchips in anybody. (laughs) Current studies on RFID chips suggest that they're highly carcinogenic, so we probably shouldn't do that. Um, Also, it's not nice. So you, you're supporting the incumbent. But absolutely, Senator McCain's the man. Um, You know, the, the storied career of public service and storied military career and, you know, it, it, it would be a shame to lose him. So, so very much supporting him. Now, there's not a lot I can do from from Ohio, uh, but shoot, maybe we'll put a few calls in the so, state tonight. So, um, back in '08, I remember people were bringing up his health and saying that he's one heart or uh, Palin is one heartbeat away from becoming. <laughs> oh yeah, that was awful. But he, I mean, he did turn 80 yesterday, right, right. and now they're saying the same things. I think because of the Trump crowd, right. they're saying the same things against Hillary Clinton. Yeah, like is she going to be mentally capable of? Holding the Does highest she have office of the, the land? stamina? That's what they're saying. Does oh, she have the stamina to be president? Um, I don't like that line of attack. Um, okay. I I think that that is um, disingenuous. I think it detracts from legitimate discussions about policy. Um, and you know, I'm I am not a spokesman for the Trump campaign or the RNC. Um, I am not involved. Um, in any capacity with, with, you know, any paid capacity with those campaigns. I would steer clear of that. Um, That having been said, you know, political parties and campaigns and politicians and and elected officials and governing bodies are all reactive bodies. They react to what the constituents want. I would say with media outlets, media outlets print what people want to read. And and there's there's an element of responsiveness to the consumer there. So so as consumers of political communication, as, as voters that are responsive to, to how people communicate, I, I think we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to the other people in the electorate, uh, we owe it to our country not to be responsive to, to silly attacks like that. Um, to to questioning somebody's health, you know, either on the Republican side or the Democratic side. No, you're absolutely right, yeah. They they make no sense. It's silly, yeah. It's silly. It's a silly argument. Let's talk about Social Security reform. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about defense policy. Anything besides whether or not she's she's healthy enough to do that. But, you know, since since we're we're on that topic, we said we'd get back to it. There are there have been shakeups in Trump land. There have been. There have been. Um we we saw the departure of Paul Manafort. Um, who is kind of the 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 Kremlin spy, <laughs> purportedly, <laughs> allegedly, um, who did have ties to the Poroshenko regime? Um, but you know, consulting work, political consultants will consult where they have to. Yeah. Um, but no, who who had the reins? Who had the reins of the Trump campaign and drove it from from the departure of Corey Lewandowski through the convention, which frankly went pretty well. Um, the convention, yeah. Yep, and I, I think went pretty well for Donald Trump and the Trump campaign. Um, and, and recently parted ways with them amid these allegations of, of connections to Poroshenko and Vladimir Putin and, you know, allegations of, of Russian cyber attacks on the DNC. Um, and he was replaced by Steve Bannon of Breitbart News. And, oh, oh, no, I should Kellyanne Conway. Thank you. Kellyanne Conway, a pollster by trade. Yeah, we actually met her at the RNC. Really? She actually retweeted my tweet. Really? Yeah, oh, Look yeah. Look at you. <laughs> okay. Well, we, or, let's let's start there. Where, where did you meet her? Uh, she was actually at one of the Atlantic briefings. Okay. Um, sitting there as a Ch- Trump spokeswoman, you know, just giving her take on him. And she, you know what? She had some good takes. She really did. Uh, she was saying how in the, what I tweeted about was actually how she said that um, the 
the Republican side didn't have a Bernie Sanders who won 27 states and got 45% of the vote, right? They didn't have anyone like that. Trump, he won it well, is right, what she was right. saying. Yeah, so. well, a very crowded primary, a lot of, lot of Yeah, of you guys had 16 people. Not a head-to-head, 17, who's counting? Oh, 17. Not a head-to-head. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's an, that's an interesting point. Um, and, and I think based on what I saw in Akron, with Donald Trump, that would be the, the third time now I've seen him. We saw him in South Carolina on a bliss trip, which was just the classic unchained Donald Trump, no teleprompter, no talking points, off the cuff, you know, jumping from point to point. Um, and then I saw him again at the convention with the acceptance speech, which was very scripted. Um, I, I walked out of there thinking that was the best speech I've ever seen him give. And then we, we came back to Akron. He had the teleprompters up again after kind of, you know, a couple weeks of, of Trump Unchained where he was, you know, criticizing the Khan family and talking about nuclear weapons and, and criticizing Morning Joe, um, you know, and kind of brought it brought it back in in Akron a little bit. I'm, you know, we'll, we'll never know, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this this is kind of the result of, of that campaign shakeup. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. Well, as, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, you, you've got the national polls trending towards Trump picking up a little ground. Clinton still has a sizable lead, um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this polished, if you will, Donald Trump um, is, is able to, to close the gap a little bit. I think uh, Trump and Clinton are both very, very unpopular. They both have high unfavorables. Um, I think we're going to finally this year we're going to see a huge amount of people go out to vote a huge amount huge huge amount huge. of people <laughs> do you, really do you think turnout you think we're gonna have high no, turnout this year uh, no i'm saying they're gonna no i don't think we're, I oh, think okay. we're gonna have really low turnout but i okay. think there's gonna be a i think third party candidates are gonna do very well i don't think they're okay. gonna be able to carry a state okay. um obviously yeah. but i do think our both third party candidates will do better than expected and i think uh we'll come out with a hillary clinton win and I mean, they're both really unpopular right, candidates. Right, right. So now, all right. So, you're a progressive Democrat. You're yeah. very supportive of Senator Sanders. Um, when you go, I'm into, your favorite socialist. Ab- absolutely, 100. <laughs> percent um, When you go into the the voting, sorry, Justin. When you go into the voting booth, are you going to vote for Hillary Clinton or are you voting for Hillary Clinton against Donald Trump? I think I am voting for Hillary Clinton against Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Not. Not, and that's yeah. one of the big things that I also noticed when I was at my college Democrats table trying to mm-hmm. recruit people was no one, I don't think Hillary Clinton excites the base. Right. She doesn't get people energized. She doesn't get people to come out there and vote. We don't want Donald Trump to be president. I'm a Democrat. I vote for Democrats, um, typically. I mean, unless they're like... Well. Running for county council at large. <laughs> oh, yes. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Neither here nor there. I'm just a master's student on this podcast. But... um. Yeah, so I vote for Democrats, but uh, Hillary Clinton does not excite me. I don't like a lot of her policies. I there's a lot of things that I don't like about her, but she's she's what we're stuck with. She's the Democratic candidate. So, Amen. <laughs> uh, you Is know, this how you feel about I, Trump? Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, and and. That's I, I I will add an amendment that 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 is subject to change. So right now, where it stands, I, I think I'm going in and I'm going to vote for him because the Supreme Court's at stake. Yeah, Supreme right. Court plays a huge role for right. me also. Right, and and I, I you know, trust that, that the House can can help 
uh, you know, under Speaker Ryan's leadership, assuming we hold that, can can kind of help buttress, you know, whatever policies come out of there. Um, I don't agree with him on all of his policies. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics right now. You know, it is it is definitely a vote against a Clinton presidency, a, yeah. against you know an extension of Obama policies. Let's let's say he turns it around here. Let's say he sticks on the teleprompter, um, comes comes out with some just home run policy papers where you know that's that is what i agree with that's what i was hoping for what what is something that he would that like you want him to change on that would you think would win so many more of the establishment republicans like like yourself yeah um so i you know i i think it's not the policy itself it's how the policy is articulated and written right yeah so i mean we've we've both dug around the website for some of our projects here yeah and the the way the policy is written on the website is is not quite what you would hope from from the person you're supporting for leader of the free world um i I would like you know some really in-depth detailed economic policy some really in-depth detailed foreign policy now he's advocating for tax cuts um you know that's a good thing um i I believe in that uh but I, i would like you know that to be a little more clear i would like it to be articulated by him in in language that is a little bit more professional um you know, in the, in the foreign policy, um, you know, some policy specifics. I, I don't like, you know, some of the, I hesitate to say cozying up, but but some of the policy towards Russia. I, I'm not a fan of Russian expansion, um, especially expansion in Syria um, and, and the Ukraine. You know, so I, I would like um, a, a more concrete policy there. Um, you know, even if he just comes out and articulates it in, in a way that is a little more digestible. That would that would go a long way with me, and I would go in voting enthused rather than going in and voting in spite of Hillary Clinton. I feel I feel the same way. I feel if Hillary Clinton just gave like Bernie supporters just one thing, if she just you know full stop ban on frack, fracking or single payer healthcare, just one thing. You know, like we were seeing so many problems mm-hmm. with Obamacare. Aetna just pulled out last yep. week. Yep. Just if she gives us one thing, I think I would be so much more enthused. I. I get, I get people, I try to get people on board. I try to make everyone else as enthused as I am, like I was for Bernie, as, as excited as I was for Bernie. I think I would do the same thing for Hillary. If she just, she threw us one bone. Just, one bone. Yeah, one bone. One bone. One, you know, campaign finance limits, something, yeah. yeah. some things. We'll some see things. if the Clinton campaign ever gets behind campaign finance limits. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. Well, I think we've given the listeners... A lot of material to listen to. I think so. I think so, Alex. Yep. yep. This has been the State of the Races on The Bliss Angle with Alex Pavlov and Sarah Yusufi. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, bye, guys.